I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Morning, welcome to the special TV1 newscast. White South Africans are flocking to the polls today in one of the country's most historic referendums, a referendum which will decide the future of South Africa. President of the African National Congress, Nelson Mandela, has issued his strongest warning against a no vote in the referendum. He said any attempt to reimpose apartheid would mean civil war and a massive new international boycott of South Africa. Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Greatest Games podcast on Football Ramble Daily in association with The Blizzard. My name is Marcus Speller, opposite me is Jonathan Wilson. And on the pod today we have Ian Hawkey, football writer for The Sunday Times, author of Feet of the Chameleon, the story of African football, and author of co-author of Vuvuzela Dawn, 25 sporting stories that shaped a new nation. Ian, a pleasure to have you with us. Nice to be here. Yeah, well, uh, you've gone for this game from the Africa Cup of Nations qualifying in uh, 1992, Zimbabwe 4, South Africa 1. Why have you chosen this one, Ian? Because of its historical significance. Um, personally, I was I was really looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I lived in Zimbabwe in the 80s and was living in Johannesburg at the time of this game. So I was I was very fond of both national teams. And for, for South Africa, it was it it was the most important game in their history. It was their first competitive match since being readmitted to FIFA which they've been thrown out because of apartheid in the 1960s. Um, and uh, ha- happily, they were playing their neighbours, so there was an element of rivalry as well. Mm-hmm. And um, they went there with a lot of confidence. Yeah. I mean, the two countries, not enormously dissimilar, I suppose, and, and, and some of the histories, there are some similarities as well. But yeah, was there a sense of, of rivalry between the two nations? Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, there's there's a bit of a big brother thing from the Zimbabwean point of view that South Africa is this bigger, more powerful nation and, and had been an enemy for the 10 years leading up to, to this game because um, Zimbabwe found democracy in 1980. Um, South Africa was very disturbed by this because Rhodesia had been a bit of an ally. And... Um, the, the South African government, certainly during the 80s, tried to destabilise Zimbabwe. So 
there's all that sort of tension mm-hmm. going on. And, you know, there's the more, far more simple thing that quite a lot of Zimbabweans emigrate to South Africa. Um, and it, it's a bigger, richer place and a bit of a bully sometimes. Yeah, indeed. Um, two of the... The, the the big plays for, for Zimbabwe. You know, you could say it was a sort of a golden generation. We'll go on to this, but of course, Bruce Grobelar, who we're, we're well aware of in this country, and uh, Peter Unluvu, who who was the first African to score in the Premier League. I was um, uh, found out in a recent quiz that I participated <laughs> in. Um, so there was a bit of a, 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 a sort of English or more specifically Premier League connection to this game, quite subtly. But it was there, and we should we should briefly talk about the pronunciation of his name just because for some reason (laughs) but but, go on you say it (laughs) it's Grobola (laughs) actually sorry to be pedantic but it's probably Grobola okay yeah fair play (laughs) but the the important pronunciation issue is is Peter Nlovu Um, say it as you see it really Mm. but we always said Nlov but we forget the Nlovu yes I I, I don't know how that happened but yes in British commentary Nlov with the silent U somehow became an established form and it means elephant Uh, yes in in the Nguni languages it it means which given he played for Coventry who have elephants on their badge seems a a, a thing we would Odd that we missed. Well, I'm glad we found it now yeah. uh, on this very podcast, yeah. But yeah, so because the, the Premier League began in 1992. The Premier League began on the same weekend as this match. Incredible. Now, this is important. Some people think it's important that the Premier League began and history began with it. But, <laughs> um, so there's a, there's a few interesting yeah, connections here. Um, you know, this is before the standardised calendar. Mm-hmm. You know, we have, a, we have a really important... African qualifier F- Football calendar. They weren't yeah, using yeah, the Julian calendar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's still the Gregorian. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, and it, in the summer, this is so it's uh, mid-August. Uh, this match is on, on the Sunday. The Premier League is launched on the Saturday. Um, now, Liverpool are the employers of Bruce Grobelin and have been for a decade and a half. No, sorry, a, a decade more or less by then. Um, great favourite, you know, mm. an absolute English football character. Liverpool have signed David James that summer. So there's, you know, there's, there's, there's an anticipation that Grobelar's place in the side is, is under threat more than ever before. Coming to the end of his time at Liverpool. Yes, absolutely. Um, he has not played for Zimbabwe for several years and for a specific reason. Um, under the Mugabe government in the mid-1980s, dual nationality was outlawed um, for various reasons, but quite a lot to do with British passport holders avoiding their responsibilities as Zimbabwean citizens anyway. We don't need to go well, all the way My uh, My grandfather's sister was one of those who left Zimbabwe because of that and went to Cape Town. Right. So, mm. yeah, a, a, yeah, a complicated issue. Yeah, a complicated issue. Um, at which point, um, Bruce Grobelar stopped playing for Zimbabwe. This would have been in the mid-1980s. Having It had always been difficult for him because of this non-standardised calendar, you know, going to... Liverpool managers, whoever they were, Fagan, etc., and saying, "Listen, I've just got to nip off to Mozambique. I'll try and be back for the Everton game." Yeah. You know, it wasn't working. <laughs> um, uh, but now, ahead of this fixture, because it was South Africa and it was a, a big game for for Zimbabwe, and they knew they they had they had the makings of possibly the most useful side in their history. Um, there was there was a bandwagon for Grobler's recall. Grobler was keen. Because you know the Liverpool situation was not so, not so healthy. He wanted to get ninety minutes under his belt, essentially. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and actually, to be fair for him, he 
he had in the past been quite committed to Zimbabwe and made some of these sacrifices mm -hmm. to, to play for them. Um, and he was a showman. Oh, yeah. And there were, you know, there were 50,000 people going to be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it was South Africa. Yeah. You know, this was, this was a, a moment for somebody who likes the theatre of sport. Um, uh, but, but there was this, this issue. He wouldn't give up his British passport, which he'd taken a long time qualifying for. Um, so there was, there, was, there was this suspense. Will he or won't he? You know, how is he going to be allowed to play? Could the government bend the rules? The Friday before the game, the, the um, home office in, in Zimbabwe announced that Bruce Grobelar's citizenship is valid. Mm. So Bruce is allowed to play. Yeah. Um, and up front... You have this still teenaged um, Peter Ndlovu, um, who is, you know, who is a, a figure of English football. He'd been pretty successful in his first season, just before the Premier League was was launched uh, with Coventry. So you've got these two figures at either end of the of the team. Yeah, and Peter Ndlovu, he was discovered with Coventry City having a, a pre-season tour of Zimbabwe. Which seems quite an odd thing to have a pre-season tour. You know, especially in those days, but of Zimbabwe as well. But having spoken to Kevin Gallagher in the past, he said that uh, was it Highlanders. The, the, yeah, the team? that's right. The, yeah, the big Bulawayo team. Yeah, yeah they 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 were playing sort of various sides. And actually, Coventry had heard about Adam uh, Peter's brother, who of course was a player in that side, played up front, and he was the one they were going to go and see. But they saw this young younger brother of his and thought, oh, actually, we fancy a bit of that. And, of course, they signed him. Yeah, and, which was a pretty intrepid thing to do at the time. Yeah, yeah. Mm, no, absolutely. But I find the Grobelar thing fascinating. I mean, because looking at his record, you'd think that a player like that playing for a country which hasn't produced many players, and 32 caps. Cause you would think he would have... I, I appreciate that the that travel was not as, as uh, efficient as it is now and, and, and all that kind of stuff in the calendar, as you say. But of course, there's this other reason going on that, that, that why, which sort of makes um, sense. But in the Zimbabwe squad, am I right in saying there were sort of domestic football rivalry, rivalries going on as well? Uh, yes, and, and, and uh, uh, the dominant ones are, are regional. So mm. Bulawayo, Matabililand... Uh, Harare, Mashona land. Uh -huh. um, yeah, and it, it, it can get pretty tricky. And there's always there's always stories about selection bias, especially when there's mm -hmm. a local uh, manager in charge of the national team. So how did it fit with Peter and Luvu and, and Bruce Grobelar coming from England? You know, they were superstars, presumably, in their homeland. Does that help kind of unite the side or do other players get a little bit sort of jealous? Or how, how do they fit in? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I, they appreciated having mm -hmm. having the know-how of these two footballers and both of them across the years assumed you know sort of leadership roles Grobelar dipped into his own pocket sometimes when times were hard Peter Ndlovu certainly did that later on mm. which is um, a sadly common thing isn't it I mean yeah, yeah. George Weyer well Weyer's the yeah, yeah, yeah totally yeah, funded yeah, the Liberia team yeah. at the uh, in Mali in 2002 mm -hmm. um, yeah and, and 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 in some senses they're 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 slightly empowered um in a way to to make demands of the federation whether it be mm -hmm. and i'm speculating there's a selection bias here i think you've got this one wrong you know if you are the one of the and, most and can, got a bit more sway and that can create issues i mean samuel Eto's relationship with cameroon has mm -hmm. ne was never easy Roy Keane's uh, with the Republic well, of Ireland. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Roy Keane wasn't literally paying for you know his teammates' breakfast sure. things. You know, it's 
No, but I, I take the point. What you're saying, uh, their, their manager Reinhardt Fabish. Am I, am I pronouncing that correctly? Yeah. Was he a bit of a character? Yes, he was. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I don't want to generalise, but you, uh, uh, we've seen these characters before in African football. Yeah, you know the, the sort of bossy, brash uh, European. Um, and I, I do remember his outfit that day. It's quite a warm day, um, but but it was you know it was winter, but it, and it was very dry. But yeah, I mean he he did look like he'd he'd walked out of you know Las Vegas in 1975 or something. Yeah, it's a great big <laughs> <shade>. <laughs> but 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 he was Zimbabweans still look back on him as a you know a really mm-hmm. one of their better. Mm-hmm. Managers. What about the South African side? As you say, first time that they are competing for for a long time because of that band, because of their uh, apartheid and so on. What was their football scene? Was it the domestic league? Was it in OK Nick considering or was it in tatters really? No, that's a good question. It's a very vibrant culture. Um, very, very dominated by three big clubs really. Kaiser Chiefs, Orlando Pirates and Mamelodi Sundowns from the Pretoria area. Um and um, there was isolation, which is what happened between 1960 and 1992, had all sorts of effects. Um, the exposure to the world game was really limited, and, and I can't emphasise that enough. There's there's several issues to this. If you're a South African footballer, it was, however brilliant it was, really, really hard mm. to go abroad unless you had a British passport, something which would, you know, occasional white players would would have that um, because the country was under sanctions, you know, getting a visa to do anything was, mm-hmm. was really hard. So, so, you know, even the very good players, it's, they're pretty stuck there. Um, there's, there's very little football from outside South Africa broadcast there even because there are sanctions for all sorts of broadcasting and artistic bodies. So it's the 1990 world cup was the first one mm. that was seen live at any length in South Africa. And that made a massive difference, yeah. especially because of Cameroon, you know, that was, that was a huge event. And a couple of months before this first competitive match, South Africa, you know, having a national team, which had to be assembled. There wasn't a culture of a national team. And clearly in the past, there were decades of cultures of people of different color, not being allowed to play together. Um, Cameroon had anyway come to celebrate South Africa's return and played three friendlies, one draw, one defeat, one win, or rather neat. Cameroon, it, Cameroon treated them as friendlies, I would, mm. I would say. But Cameroon my observation. The, because of 1990, <laughs> they, were, they were the big side on the continent. Absolutely. Oh, and, it, it was a, and obviously still are one yeah. of the big sides. But I mean, sides, was, you know, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I find that these cases of isolation football fascinating. And, and this is probably the, the longest yeah. that we've, we've yeah. seen. But I mean, I guess you had in in England simultaneous with the end of this, you had the end of the Heisel ban, and we saw in seven years, English football fell behind, an extraordinary. It took a decade to sort that out. I guess the other big example is is Argentina when when Peron imposed a sort of de facto isolation yeah. because he, he was terrified of. He'd seen what happened with when Brazil failed to win the fifty World Cup, and was terrified of possibility of defeat. And Argentina had this great arrogance and this great sense of. Yeah, well, we are the best in the world. Look, we we go and watch our, watch a game on a Saturday or or a Sunday, and it, it's brilliant. And then they go to the fifty eight World Cup and struggle to beat Northern Ireland, get smashed by West Germany, and absolutely destroyed by Czechoslovakia. So, I mean, was uh, did did South Africa have any sort of illusions to how difficult it would be to get back? 
Uh, no, and and after they've arrived in Harare, they get a rude awakening. But just just some context on the isolation um, and the effects of it, and and the concept of a national team. You see, that was that that was a little bit alien. I, I remember their manager. Um, uh, telling me, I've had players come up to me and say, oh, if, "If I play for South Africa, do I have to stop playing for my club?" You know, yeah. it's it's it was, and this is an not that long ago. No, exactly. We're talking about the nineteen nineties yeah, here. Yeah, but the other the other story, that manager was not the manager who went to Zimbabwe because he was an Englishman named Jeff Butler, and he got the job. He'd been very successful with Kaiser Chiefs. He was probably the right man for the the job of new national team manager, but unfortunately. He'd been lying on his CV. Mm. He'd given the playing details of somebody called Jeff Butler, who had played for Norwich City. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh my yeah. goodness! <laughs> no, they, you see, this was pre-Google, you know. <laughs> and some some magnificent sleuthing from the the Star, the newspaper in Johannesburg, contacted the real Jeff Butler. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. outrageous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so his assistant Stan Shabalala, oh yeah, was thrust into into the job and was the man who would take South Africa to Zimbabwe. And he was a little bit bullish and, and a little bit too bullish. There was a lot of, you know, yeah. the continent doesn't know what's going to hit it. Yeah. Um, I mean, presumably the the economic advantages South Africa had, I mean, I guess we did see that towards the middle and end of the decade, uh, but presumably it was an assumption that that would kick in eventually. Absolutely, and quite rightly. And also, um, if your culture was Kaiser Chiefs, um, and Orlando Pirates, um, then you felt pretty good about your football, you know, and it would, it, there were big crowds and you could get well paid. Although it was mixed. Um, for example, Steve Compella, who's, who was in this team that went to Harare, he was still working as a school teacher. You know, some of them would have been full-time footballers, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there was, there was, there was a mix. I mean, there were recognisable players in the South. I mean, names we know now, I mean, Phil Masinga, I guess, is one that English fans will know. Mm. And Lucas Kadebe. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, Dr. Kamala was in this team, wasn't he, as well? Yes, yes. Yeah. Who, you know, you talk to South Africans of a certain age, and he's he he's the one they revere. Uh, so it, it was. Talk to Zimbabweans a... of a certain age, and they, that, <laughs> in that game, they would say, "Come on, Nurse Kamala, come on, Nurse Kamala." Yeah. <laughs> All right, chaps. Let's have a quick break, and then we'll talk about the actual match itself. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome back to Greatest Games on Football Ramble Daily in association with the Blizzard. Right then, so Zimbabwe, they were in an African uh, African Cup of Nations qualifying group with Zambia, South Africa and Mauritius. Uh, and of course, you know, South Africa and, and, and Zambia, Zambia would eventually go through, of course, but they were the, they were the bigger sides they were facing. So they, they're at home to South Africa. As you've given the context, it's a big game. And it was a pretty good start from Zimbabwe. They were pretty much on the front foot, and and they went one nil up uh, after eight minutes. Yes, a, a lovely guy. I mean, it was it, it was a great atmosphere. Mm. It was in the national stadium, which is which is vast, um, and fifty odd thousand there, mm-hmm. um, and they've been there a long time. Um, and you know what you said about Bruce Grobler earlier? You can tell when when he runs out, there is it's just the way he runs. There's such showmanship about him, and. That embraces that uh, that atmosphere because, as you see, it sounded on the YouTube clip of the or, or, or they got the whole game on YouTube. It does sound quite something, even on the the, sort of the grainy kind of footage and sound. Yeah, it was, and it was really um, uh, driving through Harare on the way to. I mean, I, I was quite moved because I, I lived in Harare and I I knew that this was a big deal. For and you were working on the game, were you? Uh, yes, yeah, I was. Um, I would have been doing that probably for BBC Africa service. Yeah. There we are. Um, so, yeah, they go 1-0 up. Yeah, they go, and it's a really nice taken goal. And um, It's quite a weird free kick, isn't it? To have a free kick sort of not that far outside the box. Shooting opportunity. And Ooh. just ping it at 90 yards to the goal and ping it straight back again. <laughs> yes, yeah. But yeah. it works. Yeah. So I, I mean, I would say, as as you, you will have seen from seeing the television coverage, the pitch is awful. It is. Um, yeah. Uh, it's very dry. It's the dry season. There's never enough rain in Zimbabwe. Um, and, you know, the bounce is, yeah. Um, and you can see that, I mean, uh, South Africa aren't coming from a country where there's beautiful lawns, but you can see that they're unnerved at the beginning. Uh, Lucas, who's, yeah, the best player in that team, probably, um, he misplaces a pass terribly. And, and you can you can sense a, a few nerves. Um, then they go, as you say, Lovely goal from Vitalis Takawira, who was really good that day. He was mm. sort of the Andlovu brothers' sidekick, but um, yeah. yeah, he was special. Yeah, the, the, the goal I, I want to talk about. Well, there's two goals in this game. That the, the standard goals, a, a chap called Gumbo on 19 minutes hammers one in from possibly 30 yards. Yeah, it's, it's very, it's very Barry Horn. <laughs> Don't cheapen it with that. Jonathan. No, but I mean, it's a bit of a swinger, right? I, it, he it, it flies in the top corner. Mm. 
I'm not saying he struck that entirely cleanly. I'm not sure he knew where that was going. Look, I've but... never I, I've never seen any other moment from Gumbo, Gumbo's career, to be quite frank. So I don't know what the man was capable <laughs> Are you, of. Thirty season like that. <laughs> <laughs> but perhaps Ian, you would be able to shed more light. Uh, well, I, I certainly know that once he'd done it, he tried it again a couple of times. <laughs> um, but I, 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 I always will defend. Um, a footballer's right to claim skill at that sort of goal if the pitch is bad because you don't know how it's going to bounce. So, yeah. You know. Well, the ball was yeah. yeah. So the ball's in the air and he, and he, yeah. and he just. Uh, but it's, it's, it's fantastic. It's, I mean, a, it it's a, a it's a glorious goal. rocket. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and the crowd. I mean, that's, yeah. Yeah. He must have enjoyed that one. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And it, the, the atmosphere was 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 wonderful. Was there expectation because as you say you've got you've got two Premier League stars in there. This is probably dubbed their golden generation or perhaps we're dubbing it that. You know. There must have been expectation, surely. I, I, um, I think Zimbabwe were pleased that they had, you know, real strength at either end of the mm. pitch. But they also were, you know, they, South Africa were capable of spreading this aura of, oh, you know, you should see our league. And of course, some Zimbabweans had seen their league. You know, Kaiser Chiefs would occasionally go to Zimbabwe. Yeah. 30,000 people would appear. Mm. Um, so... You know, I think there was some trepidation, and South Africa came, especially Stan Shabalala, the the manager, with with all sorts of mm-hmm. um, mind games. Which, <laughs> yeah, 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 which which we yeah, love. Yeah. Well, and only a couple of minutes later, they got themselves back in in the game uh, when uh, the ball was smashed home from from close range. Well, it, there's there's um, South Africa. The scoreline, the, there are phases of the game when South Africa you think they might come back into it. Grobelar makes an extremely good save yeah. from Phil Massinga, later of Leeds United, mm-hmm. um, which is a sort of turning point because um, that's, I think that's, yeah, that's at 1-0 that's at down. Mm. Um, and Gumbo produces his his piece of magic. <laughs> but it, and then 2-1, of yes, course. Yes, and then immediately yeah. they come back. Um, slightly, a, a, a bit of a sort of penalty box pinball um, although quite a nice run from Sam Kambuli, who's 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 a very attacking right back. He's had a, he's had a difficult time against Ndlovu already mm-hmm. on his flank, but yeah. he comes through, plays it, plays a one-two with Doctor Kumalo, and sort of scrambles it past Grobola. Yeah, but but for, I mean, for for a clean hit though on that surface, you know, you've always got to kind of applaud it. You know, he really does hammer it home. And then, I mean, I suppose for for the rest of the half, I mean, again, watching it on the the kind of grainy footage, it seemed like it was sort of fairly kind of standard, you know, Zimbabwe seemed to be near enough in control. Can I suggest a commentary in that game? I know it's not in a language I understand. Yeah. Oh, the commentary it, seemed quite bad? Oh, it's Sama Masondo. No way. No, it's, it's brilliant. It's, <laughs> it's Sama Masondo. Yeah, Jonathan, how can you not appreciate it that? It seemed quite hesitant, but may, maybe it's just a language with lots oh, of No, I, I think uh, I, I, would, I, would, I would concede that uh, that's... The YouTube one is the South African commentary featuring Zama Masondo, man with the best voice in the history of civilization. Yeah, he's got a good voice. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, uh, I suspect it, this. This is. I think this is a story of isolation as well. I suspect some some of the knowledge of the Zimbabwean players was probably right. Okay. Not as it would be in, in it, our it, age of internet research. It's, um, yeah. it's a strange thing when you watch a lot of football with foreign commentary and mm-hmm. and you know there's some languages you sort of you understand a bit of and uh-huh. some languages you don't know at all but you still somehow you get the rhythm of it and you can pick out the names from it I found it really hard with this but then there's different uh, different different culture different time different style of commentary it, it also I would I would emphasize that nicknames nicknames is everything yeah I, I, I think I just referred to Sam Kambule yeah yeah he he is Sam Kambule he's but he's Iwi Kambule to right anyone else. Iwi meaning 
Not quite sure, actually. Right. Yeah. I'm not sure where it comes from. And, and Takawiri, who got the first goal, is nicknamed Digital, right? Yes, that's right. Yeah. Any yeah. idea Again. why? Yeah. Uh, is he was on email back then. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but, uh, yeah so at half time it's 2-1 and then into the second half and the third goal for Zimbabwe comes four minutes after half time it's, it's a penalty it's a penalty I think slightly soft but mm. that was my memory I couldn't work out what it was given for at all to yeah, be honest yeah. well if you'd have listened to the commentators <laughs> uh, it would have yeah, been, yeah. become pretty but, obvious but I, I do remember even at the timing stuff that there wasn't a lot of protest from the South Africans and I suppose in retrospect, you could also perhaps interpret this as sort of unworldliness. Mm. You know, that's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's an interesting point. Yeah. Go on, Lucas Gadebe, get in the referee's face. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. Well, they would soon sort of catch up, I'm sure, mm. in years to come. But uh, Peter and Louvu takes the penalty, yeah. lovely side-footed oh, penalty yeah, to the top corner. Yeah, absolutely. No messing around, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, he was only a teenager yes. at the time. Did he see, I mean, the mere fact that he's put the ball down, I know he's a forward player but did he feel like a leader did he was that a kind of obviously got grobbler at the other end but in terms of driving the team forward that, that's a good question and he had an older brother in the yeah, team yes, as well exactly. so there's yes, that family yeah, dynamic yeah, as well yeah the uh, actually missing from that that team um I, and i assume it was because of a dispute because he was always having his way was was moses chunga who in the pre love era was the the mm. national hero or other sort of yeah very, very creative yeah midfielder. Mm. And then uh, nine minutes later, and, and Luvu gets his second. It's a delightful goal. It's fabulous. It is. It? It's one of the joys of doing this podcast is when you when you research these things and you find that nuggets, you know, incredible stories and, and so on and so forth. But you also see goals that you've never previously seen, and that second and Liverpool goal is just gorgeous. Yeah, every bit, every bit of it is brilliant. Yeah. So three components there. There's the pace to mm-hmm. kind of to get onto the ball. It's sort of a, a punt down the line, down the channel, down the right channel. Mm-hmm. This pace to get there. Then there's a the skill to wobble through two defenders. And then there's just oh, the, finish. the calmness yeah, to, to yeah. just, mm. and it's such a, such a, it's a, like, it's a, it's a there's a Dennis Bergkamp quality to the finish. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. It just sort of, everything slows down and you just the side foot into the space and it's from a narrow angle. And it's and a hard angle, think, yeah. yeah. Oh, maybe the keepers are fault. No, it's just a brilliant, brilliant But the finish. way he shimmies, you know that thing where people who like to kind of do that thing with their feet where they quickly, you almost kick it on one foot and then you kick it with the other. So if you're playing in the park with your mates and you sort of take a penalty and you, you go to kick it one way, the goalkeeper dives, it's, it's like a little shuffle of the feet. He almost does that, really. Like, just touches it with one foot and then onto the left and slots it home. And it's a fantastic test, piece of skill. Especially on that pitch as well. Yes, and yeah, exactly. To have a presence yeah. of mind then, yeah, you, you've got the ball, you've you've done the bit of skill, the goal's there for you, and 3-1 is make-backable, 4-1 you've won the game. Yeah. And to have as a teenager, to have the, the calmness, <laughs> presence of mind to finish like that. Yeah. I just an extraordinary. Yeah, it's, goal. it's a great guy. I implore anybody to to go and check that out. Because I say, I think on YouTube the only the only footage of the game is the whole game. You know, so so it's fifty eight minutes in, yeah. so you can yeah. find yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so 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 yeah. do that and enjoy the commentary as well. <laughs> um, and uh, and they would run out four one winners, and it really was without too much of a fuss. Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. They they you know they but they were in control. I, I think South Africa looked slightly more tired at the end, but um, there was there was some. Uh, Grobler had made that that good save in the first half, and then he did some useful time wasting at the end. Um, <laughs> no, surely not. Uh, but what did that result mean then? What was the reaction? Well, I, I think from two sides, it, it really was a breakthrough moment for Peter Ndlovu as an international. Um, you know, it was. I, I remember there was um, there was a, a sort of discussion afterwards among some journalists, and there was 
it, people were saying he is the most exciting player in the region. And the region's quite important. It means the south, mm. and that would include Zambia, who had Kalusha Bwalia. Yeah. So you know there was there was there was a lot of pride, and I think it you know it it was a breakthrough moment for Peter Lovell for with the national team, um, and you know they they socked it to South Africa. Mm. Um, the South African they, they were they were quite shell shocked. Um, after the game, I I went out for a meal in Harare with some of the players, including Lucas Kadebe. And there was a lot of head shaking and, and quite a lot of owning up that you know our our preparation was bad. Some of the some of the noise around it was unhelpful. Um, Meaning and, from the manager? Uh, yes, yeah, and I and I, possibly the media as well. But do you think uh, that result, you know, would it have helped them in the long run? Did they they needed a, a bit of a shake up like that? I suppose. Well, yeah, it it got worse before it got better. <laughs> well, yeah, because they had World Cup qualifiers at the same time, yeah, different yeah, competition. Yeah. And they went to they went to Nigeria. They were beaten four 0 Right, absolutely humiliated. And and this nickname arose. They were the four by fours because they kept losing <laughs> oh, by no. four goals. That's not what you want. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that that was a very good Nigeria, though. I mean, they yeah, yeah, yeah it was. Uh, yeah. yeah, building up to the '94 World Cup, '94 mm. Cup of Nations. Yeah. yeah, but then of course um, Zimbabwe expectation must rise. Then yes, I, I mean th- this this was the the Nations Cup qualifiers. Neither of these teams got through, and the team that did get through, mm. and that is another story, was Zambia, yeah. who, as you know, most of the squad died. Yeah, in the middle of so, I mean, the, 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 air the, 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 the game, you know, final game, final qualifiers. Zimbabwe need to beat Zambia, but the Zambia team that three months earlier has been wiped out. Yeah. And they're ten minutes from winning it, and then Kalisha Bwalia, yeah, they're the right. greatest player, yeah, yeah. and beats uh, Scrubbler and Header, and yeah, well, uh, yeah, yeah Hedda. and yeah, he he hadn't been on the plane because he was coming from from Eindhoven, mm. so he was you know taking a different route and 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 survived and um yeah it's an ex- yeah, yeah. Uh, an extraordinary story but uh, they but, did they did yeah, in the same phase of course the World Cup qualifiers are going on and yeah. uh, Zimbabwe. That that's when you see the potential of this Zimbabwe team. They go almost all the way and then lose amid all sorts of disputes to Cameroon at the. If you've you know, got to go to London and get a result, you're going yeah. to struggle. Yes, I yeah, mean, yeah. It's it's a tough. It's a <laughs> well, African African qualifying is very tough anyway because there's so few places, mm. and so if you're one of the smaller nations to get through, you've got to get through that first round, mm. which is an achievement to be celebrated in itself. And then you've got to get through the final round, yeah. which is, I mean, it is really a yeah. tough But I mean, you're, and, you're and, and, and the travel as well, especially oh, in yeah. those days. I mean, you know, an away game really is an away game. Yeah. But well, some, and, you know, the, the, the Zambia story, quite apart from anything else, mm. it just shows how difficult that travel was. Absolutely. That, yeah, they're on a military plane has to refuel in Libreville. That's that's not something European teams have to deal with. Yeah. And but going to going to Yonde, that stadium in um yeah, there is I mean I I've only been there for a club game when it was nowhere near full, but it's an amazing stadium and you sort of imagine what it must be like when it's mm. When it when it is full and and yeah, they desperately need a result. Absolutely. But there's an amazing little stories from Zimbabwe's uh attempt to qualify for the World Cup that year. Am I right in saying that, that Grobelar was talking about it going away to, was it Angola who had a civil war at the time? Oh, yes, yeah, so yeah. And as they were landing, yeah, they were having yeah. to circle the plane because they thought someone was trying to shoot the plane down and all this kind of stuff. Yes, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. That, yeah, that sort of... it. it that, that sort of thing happened um, and those sort of stories arose and sometimes there's a distinction between the... Mm-hmm. And the, and the, but I mean Angola. Yeah, sure, yeah. I, I don't want to. Angola yeah. is is 
I mean, I was there in uh, 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a pretty tough, difficult place yeah. then. Oh, I'm sure. And the yeah. war was long over. Yeah. Uh, so to go there when, while the war was actually on. Mm-hmm. And the story of the, going away to Egypt... That was a that. I mean, Jonathan. I know you've had interesting encounter or two going away and seeing Egypt play. Uh, well, mainly with Ian. To be fair. <laughs> <laughs> but this was um, uh, uh, when when the, the the game was sort of well. That's right. The, null and void or something. Yeah, the game was voided and yeah. Zimbabwe and Egypt. Now this wasn't at the final stage for qualifying okay. for the '98 World Cup. I think. Um, anyways, in, in you know Zimbabwe also had a decent campaign for mm-hmm. that. But yes, they um, to settle their game with Egypt. It was yeah, it was it was abandoned. Mm-hmm. Um, they appealed to have it replayed, and it was replayed in France. Yeah, and it was because, but it was about missile being thrown. Yes, that's right, it was... missile. Yeah, yeah. Um, Grobelar, a particular target. I think. And he had one of his finest mm-hmm. nights, didn't he? In, yes, yeah. When they when they drew nil nil, was it in Lyon in France? Yes, that's right. Yeah, and this is the thing, you know, again. African qualification, especially back in those days, it, it was very, very different how it played out. You know, uh, the travel and the the sort of well, so, and you got the chaos of your own federation. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, the, yes, I mean, yeah, the the, the trail of unpaid bills, mm. hotel receipts, somebody's flight from from Europe. Yeah, they turn up at the airport and oh, this hasn't been paid by the federation. Yeah, what are you going to do? Mm. Not go to play the game or? Write the check. Yeah, but this I mean Zimbabwe. They eventually qualified for the first major tournament in 2004, the Africa Cup of Nations, and I think they've only they've been there what three or four times in the first four round. Four times, of I think, because they're there 2006 yeah, and they've yes, been. And they were there last time, fifth, right? Yeah. But it was always out in the first round. You know, they've never really imposed themselves on a tournament, although achievement to get there, of course. But th- this side, uh, or, th- or that side rather, in the in the early 90s, within Levu and mm. uh, and and Grobelar and so on, it must be fondly remembered. By yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so known as the known as the dream team. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and some, you know, some 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 really bad things have happened to Zimbabwe football since there was a there was a terrible match fixing episode involving uh, the national team or in some cases a fake national team mm-hmm. um uh and it's 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 hard to it's hard to see how they they can get that close again but then again you're you're quite often surprised by the emergence of yeah and then then the, yeah, the other American tragedy team. of course is the, the car crash in 2012 yes yeah with the Inlovu brothers yeah with adam died adam and Lovu lost his life and as did a, a woman passenger in the car um uh, peter and Lovu was in the car as well and had been at the wheel um there was uh he was accused of being responsible for it but um, after a trial there was mm. enough evidence um and you know he lost his brother mm, very sad very indeed sad, yeah. but going back to the dream team do people feel that it didn't quite live up to expectation do they feel that Ultimately, it was, they sort of failed, or they do they think, oh no, we love them because actually they made us hope. They gave us a bit of hope for a bit. I think there was huge frustration um, after after Cameroon pipped them for nineteen ninety four. Do people expect Zimbabwe to reach more Africa Cup of Nations finals? Yes, yes. I mean, and they with did the, with the twenty four teams. They surely will. Yes, I mean, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, do they expect them to reach the World Cup? One, maybe maybe once in a generation if you're very yeah. and again yeah. with 48 teams maybe there's more of a chance yes and of yeah. course South Africa recovered at the next couple of nations so 
Well, it, 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 the, the aftermath of, of this is that um, South Africa end up winning mm. the next Africa Cup of Nations, for which they qualified by being emergency hosts. But but yeah, things get a, do get a lot better after 1993. Mm-hmm. Uh, still, and Zimbabwe I mean, don't even qualify for that. But there's still a sense with South African football, isn't there, that it hasn't really capitalised on the advantages it had that... Yeah, from 96, there was that spell where every tournament, they were one stage lower. So they lost in the final, they lost in the semi-finals, they lost in the quarter-finals, they finished third in the group, they finished fourth in the group, they didn't qualify. Oh, absolutely. And, and for a country yeah. of that wealth with yeah. a league, uh, you know, in African terms, that, that strong, is really a profound failure. Yeah, yeah. The, the decline over the last 15, 20 years of South Africa has been really spectacular mm. when you look at it. And yes, as you say, there's a there's a big vibrant football culture there there are resources there's money that you know the, the television money and the sponsorship that the, the premier soccer league in south africa gets is huge compared with anywhere else in the continent or most other places you think of the stadium now of course since yeah. the world cup of course is an obvious one to say but there we are ian it's been fascinating talking to you about this thank you very much indeed for more stories like that do check out the blizzard.co.uk uh, of course um, but yes ian uh, a, a pleasure as always to, to have you on the pod uh, jonathan Nice one, my old pal. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you next week for another great game for the world of football. Was a Stakhanov production.